Thanks, Basil. I just want to give you a bit of an insight into the, the super coach spotlight with X and Dom. We're going to engage with our minds and our hearts. We're going to exchange ideas, thoughts, and even our energy. And to speak from your heart, you need to have courage. You need to be honest and authentic. We're not always going to get it right. And sometimes, you're not going to agree with us. But that's okay. Because just like you, we care. Just like you, we're passionate about the game. Well, Doma, welcome back to the Monday edition of the Supercoach Spotlight. Um, for those out there, they would have been aware that you've been whacked around a little bit by what I believe to be the flu this week, Dom. Were the uh, Supercoach gods any kinder to you than the health gods were, mate? No, like my coaching uh, abilities took a bit of a hit as well, Exy, and, and the team. You know, it was it was a down week for sure. I had uh, a sixteen and, and a half players, if you count, <laughs> um, in there. So I actually did quite well, I think, for the players that I actually had. So I scored seventeen eighty one, which is not too bad um, considering the personnel that I had on board, and a couple of really low scoring players um, on the field with Marrick. I had Sturt. Uh, I think there was another low one in there too, actually, that was that was <laughs> that was around. So I think I did pretty well, all things considered. Um, but I, I've slid down the ranks a little bit to, to 3.8k overall, mate. And I think you, you might have overtaken me. But how did you go? Yeah, look, I so just just before we go forward, are you counting the half a player as Sturt and Marich combined, or are you given Sturt the half by himself? <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. Half is pretty generous for four points. <laughs> it's incredibly generous. A combined twenty points between them is um, incredibly terrible. Uh, so yeah, look, it's it's tough. Yeah, well, look, I, I think it was a it was a pretty common boat that um, a lot of people found themselves in this week. Um, I was lucky enough to fare a little bit better. I was actually a little bit disappointed. I just needed Humphrey not to shit the bed, and I would have hit the two k mark, which would have been two k in every round of the buys, which would have been. Really, really good. But I got 1990, um, which saw me climb up the ranks into the top 3K for the first time this season. So I'm ranked 29.50 overall, which um, is quite good. I'm, I'm pretty happy. I feel like I'm building um, and I'm sort of looking at getting to full premium this week. So pretty excited by the uh, the prospects going forward, Dom. And I think it's going to be a close tussle between you and I for the rest of the season. Yeah, we're obviously in the same league and, and things are sort of getting a bit close at the top of the table uh, at, between sort of you and me. And I think I've sort of still been lucky enough to play someone this week who had a worse week um, than myself. So still caught the dub there, um, which was satisfying. At least a little win I had on the board. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it, it for the wins on my, my end, Xy, because obviously I haven't been able to get around and do the uh, the ice bucket challenge yet. Um, so that's definitely on the cards this week, Thursday before the podcast there. So don't worry, I haven't forgotten about that one. It's definitely still happening. Um, just need to get around to it when I'm not completely, you know, hanging on for life, <laughs> to say the least. Well, it's one of those things, Domar. If you didn't remember, I would have uh, made sure that you were aware of uh, of what we still had to complete. But um, good on you for bringing it up yourself, mate. And hopefully you're in condition to have a bucket of ice dumped over your head. I'm sure uh, this time last week you probably would have thought that would have been the end of you if someone uh, dumped a bucket of ice over you. So hopefully um, you're resting and recovering from that end, mate. And luckily enough, I took the um, vice-captain-captaincy mantle this week and, um, and managed to guide the listeners to uh, a couple... I did say that. Couple of really good go? scores. Yeah, very good to be honest. I was I was pretty impressed. Oh, with, uh... very very humble about it. Too. Well, look, I mean, I've been. Have we got the averages? <laughs> I haven't got the averages, but I'll absolutely come back to uh, to that at the end of the podcast. Once um once I get the maths ticking uh, over uh, in my well, head. Well, just tell me who you got and what their scores were. Okay. Well, as like, are you going to average it in your head quickly? Is that what's going to happen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, you know me. So VCs Dom had uh, Joshy Dunkley. Um, 
who what did he put up? 122. And then I had Luke Parker, who I don't have in my team, so I couldn't tell you what he got off the top of my head, but I think it was one one thirties. Um Rowan Marshall was a bit of a downer in the VCs. He put up ninety nine, so didn't even crack the ton. But in saying that, he was the bronze medal position, Dom, so don't read too much. <laughs> oh, so but the way we do our scoring, mate, the bronze medal doesn't doesn't matter. Uh, uh, <laughs> for the listeners, no, for the listeners out there, Dom, that's absolutely all that matters. So I, um, I don't, I don't want to have to put up with that. Um, anyway, you know moving, that's <laughs> moving on from that, we're going to the captaincies because clearly, a lot of people would have got dunks and thought, "Fuck it, I'm going to risk it for the biscuit," you know, and and good on to them. They would have gone to um, our third selection in Andy Brayshaw, who put up one twenty nine, not bad. Then yep. I had Jordy Dawson as the second selection, 149, not bad. And then Jeez. Rory Laird as the top selection with 125. So I think, um, you know, there's got to be averages in what, the the one the, the mid-130s, I'd say, for the captaincy scores. And then, yeah, so VC um, was about 118 um, and then captaincy 134. I was, um, yeah, I was obviously disappointed picking Laird as my captaincy option this week, but I'm not mad about it. Like, I... I Gambled on um, VC in track and gained an extra eight points X, so that was that was well run there. Well, you'd be stoked with that, mate. There's nothing. Well, Huge look, eight, eight points is, is. I needed them. I needed them, mate. I must admit, I was um, I was messaging one of the boys um, from our league, Dom, who I was playing against head to head, and um, he was going to roll the dice on. Rory Laird, but tries not to. And um, halfway through the fourth, it looked like he made a genius decision. Only to see him fly ahead of track anyway by not much, but look enough. Um, yeah. It would have made the contest That's... really tight. So, Yeah, well, obviously chat about that game a little bit later. And, and a little cheeky fact, he scored like 59 points in the last quarter. So um, that, that goes to show that the Laird monster is is just sort of waiting and, and ready to go, I think, X. But um, I think that's a good sort of kickoff point to get into the rounds for the week, mate. So obviously, first one Thursday night footy was Geelong versus Melbourne. Do I, do I dare ask you the question? Do I do I do it to you? I'd love it if you did. Throw it across to me. Ah, uh, did you catch much of this one? Mate? <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks for asking, mate. It was on a Thursday night, and there's nothing else I had to do. Um, so I, I I caught every second of this one, Dom. So I'll be able to take you through the analysis um, to pinpoint detail. To be honest, so. I guess the first talking point, because it happened so early in the game, Jeremy Cameron, who um, who we've discussed a couple of times, Dom, in the podcast, is you know potentially that sort of M, uh, sorry F seven option um, down the track uh, if you know people are sitting there with excess money. Well, if you're looking for a cheap option, he's just become cheaper because Gary Rowan um, helped us all and, and KO'd him about five minutes into the game, leaving Jezza on negative three. Um, so he's he's looking to plummet. He'll miss this week and then return um, in a week's you time, I assume. My best analogy for that situation is, it's like when you're playing cricket and you run out the captain and, <laughs> and you're like, all right, well, I better make the most of this innings here and um, get the boys over the line. And that's what Gary Rowan did at, at the end after getting uh, <laughs> just like a cherry camera down. I, I, I love humorous. that analogy. And then after the game, you're not sure if it was the motivation to help the team or the motivation not to go inside and see your captain after that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a mixture. Um, and I think I've been in that spot myself. I just didn't have the ability to actually do anything about it. But um, to Gary's credit, he was pretty exceptional in this game and he played a fourth quarter for the ages to will Geelong over the line. Um Gary Rowan, not super coach relevant, I don't think, for anybody. But, you know, 138 points is nothing to sneeze at. Jumping into the players that are, you know, on, on people's uh, radars a little bit more, Tommy Stewart, he was pretty solid this game. He did give away, um, you know, a little bit of scoring early when it when it mattered, but closed hard late on, on the rest of the crew and, and managed to climb to 111, which I think anyone would be pretty happy with. He wasn't super efficient with the footy. He did butcher it a bit. He had one really, really bad turnover early, and I thought, oh, God, we're going to be in for a stinker here. But he rallied well, which I was happy to see. Um, anyone else on the Geelong side, Don, that you'd like to have a chat about? Uh, a bloke I started at the start of the year and, and traded out quite promptly actually he finally showed some potential and that was Tanner Broon, um, which was which was good to see but way too late late for my liking um, and yeah still too inconsistent I think Geelong Geelong wise mate I don't think there's too much um, he, he was really, um, like, he was silky in the wet Tom Tanner he, lo- he actually he looked like a player goals, but yeah. the only other notable thing is anyone who was holding Mitch Nevitt and really hoping that he'd get back into the side obviously he didn't come back this week um, I traded him out, Domo. Just got sick of waiting for Geelong to put good players back in their lineup that have been informed. Um, did you stick with him or did you move him on? 
No, he's gone. He. Uh, I made a bit of a, a few last minute swings in in my side actually before I actually saw Gold Coast uh, release that they dropped Atkins. I actually traded Nebbit and um, Atkins out of my side for a cheeky little upgrade uh, to get to the Laird. Um, oh, you'd be happy. I think a, yeah, good decision in the end. I think I made twenty k on Laird or something as well. So yeah, it makes sense. Well, there's a bit more going on in the demon side of things, Dom. Um, I had the VC on track, and I know you did as well. It was. It was a what-if game, really, from track. He showed signs of, of kind of running away with it, but it was probably similar to Stuart in the fact that he was butchering the footy early on Mate, and it, it just was not doing he's anything. He's done this. He's done this for like the past few weeks. It's, it's the funniest thing to watch. It's not the funniest thing to watch when you've got your VC on him. It's, it's quite annoying. It is annoying. But he'll, like, he'll go to, at the start of the game, he'll kick everything, and then he'll miss about five kicks in a row, and then he'll just switch straight across to just hand-passing everything. So, like, it's just such a frustrating thing to watch. He went at 66% efficiency. Like, he could be, like, 160, 170 that game if he just goes up 10% efficiency-wise. Yeah, and um, finishes the yeah, other two two shots he had at goal. Oh, and then we would have been and laughing. a couple of the, yeah, that well, didn't even get there. I think there was one that was short as well. So, yeah, he could have had, what, three goals and... 170 points, but yeah, not to be for us this week, which is okay because he's probably going to do that next week, X, I think, um, depending if Clayton Oliver gets in the side or not, which would be interesting to see or not. What, what's your tip? Do you reckon Clayton's getting up for this week? Oh, it's been an eternity, hasn't it, since we've seen Clary on a football field? It seems like, um, you know, when Melbourne were talking about bringing him back just a week after he'd um, he'd missed, everyone who got rid of him was thinking, oh, no, we've made a mistake. But um, I couldn't be happier right now, to be honest, because I'm still not 100% positive that he's going to be back this week. If, if, I was, um, if I was putting percentages on it, Dom, which I know you love to do, I'd probably say he's a 70% chance to return this week and a 30% chance to miss again. So um, I would expect him to don the jumper and, and get back into things. It will be very interesting to see um, how he goes because he's, he's had the full month off footy now. So he um, you'd think he'd be a little bit underdone compared to his usual self who just gets in the rhythm mm. of football and doesn't miss. But um, there's a couple of other names, Dom, in the, in the Melbourne lineup that I'd like to walk through. Um, I think this one's jumped into the equation because he's been a premium in the past and he's just at a really sneaky price point that if you are really, really struggling to get to full premium, which I know many teams out there are, Christian Salem, he's kind of popped on I- my radar. Glad you mentioned it because I don't see it. I don't see it. When, when has he been a premium? What, what year? Tell me what year he was a premium. Oh, geez, you're going to have to make me do my research now. Um, Never. Well, Never. I think he's been he's close. so much. He's been. He's close. had one like in the last three years. He's barely had a year where he's played like every game. And like last year, he literally played half the season, averaged seventy. And the year before, which is best season ever, he averaged ninety four and a half. And that's across the full season. Is that enough points? Like, I don't think that's enough points. Well, I mean, we're talking to the desperate here. We're not talking to the people who are, are getting to make... We're talking 436K, mate. Like, it's still, you're paying big dollar dues. You may as well pay the extra 8K and go, Elliot, yo. You, you well, that, that was actually going to be there. my next question as to whether you'd sort of lean towards... And I, I probably would be in the same boat in terms of leaning towards yo over the Salem. With, um, but he's Salem did start this game off. Thing. He's had, he started this game off like a house on fire, though. He was on a lot of points really early and, and faded quite late. Um so he, he definitely has potential because we've seen in the past, he's had some real ceiling games, I believe. I, I feel like I've seen him put up a 150. Yeah, and he's, he's capable. For, for a defender but, who, like, defenders typically, they don't have, you know, a, a big ceiling. Salem actually does. So, like, going back a couple of years, um, Dom, to 2021, um, just looking through a few scores, he put up a 167. Uh, he's put up a 134. So, and then there's a lot of scores that are, you know, sort of mid, you know, 100s to 120-ish. So... He, he can do it. Um, he is capable of the odd, you know, low game as well. But, he, you know, this season, if, you know, if you're really, really desperate, you know, he could be someone that I'm even considering down the track if, you know, if Sheasel starts to get those um, end-of-season blues when it comes to first-year players. You know, maybe I'm even considering that. I'm probably in a fortunate position where I can upgrade a bit further. But if you, if you don't have those trades and you kind of need to, you know, restrict yourself to a one-in, one-out situation, I just think he's a left-field option that could come into the equation. I love me some pods and I love me some left-field options. So, like, in, in that aspect, go for it. You know what you're getting in, though. It's a similar operator to, to Mason Redmond, I'd say, but uh, a little bit less proven, um, I guess, fitness-wise and durability-wise as well. I think that you're spot on there. The big doubt of Salem is his body because he was only meant to miss a couple of weeks early on in the season and he missed a lot more than that. So 
he's he's a risky pick, similar to Yo. You, you you're kind of holding your breath every week, but um, mate, Salem's only out for the short term. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, oh, well, uh, did you see? There's actually an article that they're getting rid of that. They're abolishing yeah, the short term yeah. and good riddance. That's it should have been done sooner. Uh, it's a shame we have to wait until next year. Outside of this game, Dom, there's probably not a lot of other names we even need to discuss. Max Gorn was relatively solid with 92. I just don't think you can cut, you can touch. Either of those boys, the way if one of them goes around. down, you can touch the, you can touch the other one. But the fact that they're both up, it's just yeah, they're just too good together, uh, but not quite good enough to be an out and out premium ruck, are they? Not at all. It it just sucks because they're just yeah, you just can't really touch them with any confidence at this point in time, and nah. and, and that is just what it is, I guess. Um, any other talking points, Donna, that you wanted to run through from this game? No, mate, let's probably move on to the next one and keep this one punchy. This was a, a much more interesting game between St Kilda and Brisbane. Um, we saw Harris Andrews return to a previous four we've seen probably, have, what, have like we, two, three have years ago? Have we ago? ever seen this before? Because like, people, people he, are saying He used to be a premium. He used to be a premium. Nah, see, I don't believe that. If Salem was never a premium, there's no way Harris Andrews ever was. I don't believe that for it, a second. He was. What year? I remember having him on my side. What year? Oh, well, we'll, go, we'll come back to Harris Andrews what year, but he used to be really... I, I'm not picking him by any means, but he obviously started this game off um, unreal. and, and uh, like Actually, so, so, so the, same, the same year as Salem had a good year, Don. So Salem averaged 94 in 2021. Mm-hmm. Harris Andrews averaged 95. So there you go. He, he got close. Oh, so he's better. Yeah, slightly. Yeah, he's better. Slightly. I'll, I mean, I'm not touching him either, but um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting, and and like yeah, when you got big big defenders, mate, they're always like gonna live and die by the uh, intercept mark, and obviously playing the Saints, you're gonna get heaps of those, um, and then also like get heaps of free kicks sideways because they just give those and play a deeper zone um, than most sides do. So yeah, it was interesting to see for sure. Um, probably took a few points in scaling away from the, the likes of Lockie Neal and, and Dunkley and all that sort of stuff as well. But it was a low possession games in, in terms of that. Like what, Dunkley had 26 um, and still put up 122, which is pretty pretty elite at 76% efficiency. Um, that's a pretty good score for that. Sometimes that stuff doesn't really make sense. Obviously, it makes it like seven tackles, but yeah, I don't know. That seems like a, a really good score considering the output. X, what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, in terms of Dunkley or in... Is that what you're saying? Yeah, just Dunkley, and then like also like the fact that I don't know stat line. I, I think yeah, I think it's I, I think it's just the tackles that really get him there, and and look, his presence around the football is is better than Neil's. Um, so to get to get points for that though. <laughs> well, I it, it does because like as I sort of said, the tackling's what get gets him points. He's always in there. He always gives himself a chance to you know to earn points through a means that isn't just straight possessions. And and lucky Neil in in his defence, he was sort of run with. Uh, the run with role was with Marcus Windhager and unfortunately he had to sort of work his way through that. But I thought he did a really good job. I, like I got through to the end of that game and thought I'll absolutely take the 114 from Neil every day of the week when he's coming up against, you know, one of the better run with players in the competition in Marcus Windhager, although he's, you know, only a junior. So yeah, I think you'd be absolutely stoked with um, Dunkley and Neil. Unfortunately, similarly to Petrarca, Dunkley gave you that so-so score that you, you know, you you wanted to roll the dice a little bit with. Um, but uh, yeah, look for for people who've got Dunkley and you know VC or seed him, you're not too disappointed with a one twenty-two, are you? No, no, definitely not. I, I guess this game is, is super interesting as well because it's sort of death death of the rookies. If you've picked any of the rookies <laughs> lately, exit there. This this was this was not a good game for rookies uh, by any means. We saw obviously Kyle Overd have a bit of a stinker. He yep. subbed out for no Darcy good. Fort. My prodigy, uh, Robertson, uh, or Robertson, Robert, I don't know why I'm saying that, I'm saying that right, Robertson, um, he obviously had a super down game, but his role changed significantly this week from last week with um, Nick Luggage going back in the side and a bit of an oversight for me, um, forgetting about that, but yeah, um, doesn't look too hot with him back in there, so you can see, you can see why the, the hesitancy, um, people sort of wanted to get him in there, um, and Jasper Fletcher, I'd say as a pass mark. 53 um, as well, but not ideal in terms of the price points you're getting these fellas at by any means. I think um, and then just, we... just on that, Dom, Jasper Fletcher yeah. definitely looked the best of anyone out. I know he scored the best. It's easy to say that. But in terms of the eye test, he just looked much better than the other two. Robertson's, like, he's ready for the AFL. It's just, as you sort of said, Fagan just keeps swinging him into roles that are not good super coach scoring roles. So... There's just not much you can do about that. It just sucks that if you've got him and you've you've seen what he can do and then as soon as McCludge comes back in, you just get screwed over and he goes back to this sort of forward mm. pocket role. 
but he's not the only rookie that this has happened to this week. X we'll touch on one bit later, uh, which I think a lot of super coaches need to be worried about. Um, but then we also got obviously another rookie across on, on the Saints side in uh, Marcus Winhager. He sort of had a pretty down game as well, fifty points. You probably need a bit more out of him considering his price point of, of around two hundred k to pick him up. So not ideal if you're seeing that. But I guess the primos back on on the Saints side of things. X we saw Sinclair sort of have an unreal game. He was everywhere, mate. And to only score one thirty three as well was a little bit shocking to me, considering he was literally Saints <laughs> was was pretty much just him. He was trying to will him to the win. Well, um, what if what if I threw it, but... this statistic at you, Dom? Sinclair went fifty eight percent. Does one thirty three start looking pretty uh, good? That, that looks very fair to me. Yeah, that, that's an oversight. That's an oversight. I didn't miss that. But he was, I was watching this game and he was just everywhere um, and looks exactly what you want in a play. They sort of dropped him back behind the ball even when he wasn't playing in the midfield and he was just getting easy possessions through the back line and getting involved in chains in, in one or two possessions in each chain, which was unreal to see. Um, for owners, obviously for me, that's quite annoying because I did sort of say pick him up and never, never really got him myself, unfortunately. But... Not too bad. Another man, another consistent game. Actually, I did shout him out, Brad Crouch. He hasn't let you down if you've gone to him. 102, very solid. Um, I think there's obviously easy midfields to come up against than the Brisbane Lions. So look for him to actually even go bigger um, these next coming weeks as well. In terms of, of left field options, actually, we spoke about a few mates. What about this one um, in Wanganine Miller? You ever thought of him as a defensive option at all? Absolutely not. And um, I won't. Uh, he's playing some surprisingly let good me, footy, though. Yeah, let me reel off like, his last final scores. He's got 113, 100, 119, 59 in the wet, which is like the opposite to the footy that he's going to be good at, and then 116. Yeah, he's building. Um, no doubt about that. He's, he's building. I, I just think, like, again, you'd, you'd want to be really desperate for cash to be looking at someone. He's of- at it. At a point of four seventy eight, so like he's probably like you got to be pretty sold on him if you want him. But he he looks good. He's he's playing some great footy. He's he's one of those players too. He's unreal on both sides of his um, body. That's that's a sort of lost art in today's AFL. I think to be really strong and and he's as skillful as they come. And I think Ross actually plays him in a really good role every week. It's just you know the better Saints play, the better he plays. Really. So I thought St Kilda were really competitive in this match. Um, just on Sinclair too, like it was good to see him actually go well in that midfield role. I know we don't like him in that position, but he actually played really good around the footy, um, which was good to see that as well. And and you're ex- exactly right, Don. Brad Crouch too, he got 10 tackles. So he found another way to get himself to the ton. So for, for those of you that are seeking out a sort of lower-priced pot option, Crouchy is looking the goods. Um, another one, Don, that I wanted to pick your brains on, I don't know how this man keeps coming into so many discussion groups, but he, he continually comes up. Jack Steele, he looked okay this game. He was back to 12 tackles, so back to his um, contested beast self. But 97, people are thinking discounted rate. Do we get on or what are your no, thoughts on mate. Jack? No, 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 no. If you've got him, hold him. But if you don't have him, no, no. There's way better options. I couldn't I'd rather go more. bad crouch. I couldn't I'd rather more. go bad crouch. <laughs> I'd rather go what? 10 other You're options. Like baiting the people in. Stop, stop bringing this man's mate, name I, up. I'm just telling just you the peace. discussions that are out there in different groups, they are bringing up Jack Steele and saying, look, we haven't endured the pain that the rest of the owners have to this point in time. Maybe it's time to jump on. And, and I agree. I don't think it is. What's his price point? Uh, no, I don't even look at it up because it's not even relevant. It's four fifty two. Wow, it is low. Um, that's what I but mean. But you get to a point where you just like you just it's like jumping on a stock that's just plummeting, and you're just jumping on <laughs> losing money. You know what I mean? You want to see some positive growth, and, and when you see a score like that, considering the tackles that he's had, it's not actually the, the best sign ever. Um, you know what I mean? You probably want at least one hundred and ten with twelve tackles. Well, I'll, I'll tell yeah. you, I'll tell you a score that um, I didn't think any of us thought we were going to see. That was two hundred and five, Dom, and that was by the Sydney Swans to absolutely. <laughs> oh, we just got to the next game. The, oh, I thought that was a good segue, so don't ruin it on me. Um, okay, so, so obviously, uh, one hundred and seventy-one points. Uh, that's probably the biggest drubbing that I can think of in quite some time. Have, can you remember a bigger loss than this in, in your time? Yeah, mate, me to the buddy flew last week. Um, <laughs> copped this this sort of level of hiding, let me tell you. Well, um, I'm I'm sorry to hear that, mate. But it's great to have you back on board and uh, and back sharing your wisdom with the rest of us. I'm sure there's a lot of people who had Jack Steele in their team and have since reversed that change this week. So, thank you for that. Um, 
One, well, we have to start on the Swan side, I think, Don, because this guy was someone who I think we all thought about maybe chucking a VC on, but then there was a lot of people out there that were talking um, talking us down. But I don't think we saw this result being so one-sided. Errol Goulden, mm. he, was, he did everything. You, t- you spoke about Sinclair. He did everything but more effective and hit the scoreboard better. Well, he had two goals in the first, like, 10 minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, it was literally... He literally and had, so, like, two how, in the first four. How important is it in games like this to just go quick and get the scoring done early and then you just keep riding, riding the wave, actually, all the way to the top um, in terms of scaling-wise and all that sort of stuff? I think he was probably hurt, actually, by scaling because there wasn't enough points left to scale up because everyone else um, took all the points possible. But, yeah, like, he started off well and then, yeah, just continued to sort of obviously have a really solid game and... He just, he just played a, a really good four-quarter performance. And I don't know who was playing with him, but, like, there was some pathetic efforts to try and stop yeah. Goulden. And, like, he was he was so on top on the outside. You'd think, you know, one of the messages from Simo would have been, like, let's start bloody checking these guys as they come through. There was one effort in the middle where he kicked his third goal, Dom, and I think it was Tim Kelly tried to tackle him, and he slipped off, and then Goulden takes a bounce and nails one from 50, and you just think, what are they, like... Are they just they look, letting him run through or what? Yeah, they look so much quicker, didn't they? <laughs> they just, they, the West Coast, they, they, they just were on top. It was like, I think we've all played in these games, Don, where you're against opposition that know they have your number and are just absolutely taking advantage. But yeah, that was this was an all-time game from Gould and I was super impressed. Yeah, and then obviously like the rest of the Swans scored unbelievably well as well. Like, you know, when James Raybon was putting up 150 supercoach points, something's going on. So Isaac Heaney, a uh, bit of a different role for him actually this week, sort of playing a one-out forward role. Is he someone you'd even consider? Obviously, he kicked five goals, you know, influxing his score to, to 150. But is he someone you'd consider if they sort of kept him in that role? Well, it's, it's hard, right? Because you, you mentioned good price points. Heaney's about as good a price point as you're going to get down for a, like someone of his quality, like he's at 484. Um, he's been a really good player in the past, albeit he's never been consistent. You know, when you pick Heaney, he's never consistent. He was playing um, like more midfield time though, wasn't he, like in the past? Yeah. Well, I don't know if he's never ever really had a really good run of being, you know, in that mid time. He's always managed to hit the scoreboard and score well through that as well. But yeah, look, I think we, we speak to pods, Dom, and I think this time of year you have to get a bit more creative because a lot of the times plans we had in place they just simply didn't work out and we just have to find a way to finish our sides and that might not be with, as you sort of said last week, it's not going to be with the 600k players. It's going to have to be with people who are maybe sitting at the low 500s or mid 500s and you're going to have to mix it up here and there just to finish these sides and I think there's worse picks out there. I know he's only averaged 89 for the season but um, have a look at his ceiling. How many forwards do you think, Dom, have a ceiling of 150? Not many. Yeah, no, the forwards are very thin. Um, when you go look through that line, um, yeah, it's tough to find anyone of, of decent value that can put up big scores. So I think you do sort of have to pick people who do have high ceilings and just pray for the best. And Because they're, they're the ones going to hurt people the most, aren't they, when they're pods um, and they have ability to score huge because obviously you're going to be one of the few owners that have that um, and just sort of sets you apart from everyone else. In terms of other scores, obviously Chad Warner, 135x. Um, he's sort of obviously a bit of a flat track bully as well. Does really well against sides yeah. that they, they smash. Um, whereas it's sort of harder midfields, you can see him just disappear a bit. Luke Parker, mate, he's been on fire um, when he's been playing, hasn't he? 134. And seriously, like we've, we've missed a bit of value on getting him at a, at a really cheap price point. He's at a point of like 570k now uh, where you probably can't really justify getting him in terms of, of that price point, you think? Or is he someone yeah, you can no, still really look at getting him? I, him? I completely agree. Like, I, I like him and I think like if you, if you watch Parker, you can pick him knowing that he's going to give you absolutely maximum effort um, every week. But the issue is when it comes to Parker, as you sort of said, the ship sailed and he's up there with Yusserongs and, um, you know, other people who are probably just better in like in better teams and playing better than he is. Um, and, and also he's, you know, he's older. So there is the the risk of injury and, and maybe missing games here and there. So I like it. If, if you're sold on Parker, don't let me talk you out of him because he is a good pick. Um, but yeah, I, I just think if you, if you were going to take a punt on Parker, you should have done it when he was underpriced, not when he's overpriced now. Um, there's a couple of other ones that were interesting, uh, on the Sydney side of things. Um, Angus Sheldrick, Dom, who was my panic trade in this week, um, and looked like he was going to have a stinker initially. Uh, he looked fantastic in this game. He still has like low tog 
every single time, um, which is time on ground. But yeah, he, he bounced back pretty well, obviously, after that really slow start. I saw him right down the bottom at the start and I was like, you beauty, um, I told you he sucks. And then, whoop, he just bounced up there pretty quickly to 93x and had pretty close to 30 disposals and ran at pretty horrible efficiency all the, all the same, but did hit the scoreboard as well, which he's done you know, significantly well in the past few weeks. He what, kept three points. Were they like gettable goals? Yeah, did you, did you watch one was silly. One was like over the back of his head and he was never going to get in a million years. But the other two were, were definitely plausible. Um, he just, yeah. yeah, he was just offline. So I just like the way, like if Horse continues to play him in that role, he's he, he's in a very, very scorable position. Like he was getting the Chad Warner role of, of mid-minutes. Like they've got a rotation where they go like wing, mid, um, forward off and like he does as well as the other guys when he's in there he's he's just really good to watch and he's he's like a, a real small nuggety player so he's hard at it um so i think like for unfortunately for everyone else if you, if you didn't get him last week he just he's gone now just let him go 250k no one's paying that for a rookie at this point in the year one guy i did want to touch on Donald, because i know you have him I think this guy gets duped every week I, i'm not sure who at champion data doesn't like this man but jake lloyd I watched this game and I thought he was really, really good. He had like he had four marks, I think a couple of which were intercept marks. Gained five hundred and thirty-one um, meters and went at ninety percent. How yeah, how good he kicks through the middle? Like he was just cutting the game open. He'd always just look straight through. He the middle gets of the no points take for the it. Dice his kick and then yeah, pull it off. Yeah, I feel like he was robbed a little bit, but that's just I just feel like everyone scored so well as, as well. They just sort of had to like. You know, get some points from somewhere. They took it from him, um, but I'm not worried about it. I'm just happy he was playing the half back line, and he, and he did well, like you mentioned. So I think he'll stay there for the foreseeable future, and I think he can bounce back once they sort of you know move into a bit of a tougher fixture, which they have over the next sort of five to six weeks, um, which should be good for Lloyd to get some easy possessions from there. Exy, other rookie Melbourne uh, from Sydney, sorry, is Malikin, mate. He's uh, probably let you down a little bit there with 21 points this week. I said you sort of need an average uh, of 75 out of him to at least make some decent money. Uh, He's already sort of killed his generation a little bit at the moment with a 21. Would you be a bit more concerned if you're an owner? I'm I'm very glad I didn't get on the Pelican, to be honest, Dom. Um, I'm not loving the look of him right now. And uh, you sort of of said this, and and I was aware of this as well. Like He has a very low floor just because he's not a high possession getter. And... He really only gets points from um, intercept marks and and kind of you know doing a really good job on these oppositions. So yeah, didn't love it. Didn't love what I saw. Um, and I think it was just one of those things where you knew this was a risk and it eventuated, and you just thought, ah, oh, unlucky. Um, Dom, there was one last player on the Sydney side uh, that I really wanted your opinion on because. While we're talking, of, I think we've been fantastic on this podcast of throwing out some point of differences if you need some value options. And I think this guy falls in that category as well. Callum Mills. Now, he got subbed off at three-quarter time. Um, so his 77 is not, he not reflective. Um, <laughs> his, his 77's definitely not reflective of how he played. He would, he would have been on track for a ton quite comfortably. Um, yeah, but that, that's not saying much in this game. Everyone, everyone got a touch. Yeah, I, I agree. It doesn't say much. But look, let's look back at his other scores, right? So he obviously got injured against Freo where he got four. Then he went 180, 98, 97, 87, 103, 123, and 94. So like, let's say you're looking for you know a D6. You just don't have any money left. Is Cal Mills actually a good shout? Yep. I, yeah, I don't mind him. I think he is too. I think he's... I think it's a gamble, obviously, a gamble, but yeah, I don't mind it. I, uh, it's better than a few other options. The, the biggest risk out there. with Callum Mills is his His break-even is still huge, though, isn't it? Like, his break-even is 167 this week. Is it actually? Yeah. Oh, because he has that four still in his cycle. Yeah, you're exactly yeah. right. So it's probably wait and see. Well, you, I mean, the good thing is you'd almost want to wait another week, wouldn't you, before you touched Absolutely. him. So that's actually yeah. a win. They sort of have a tough fixture as well, like for the rest of the year. The, the Swannies, um, no real easy games left, I'd say, apart from just Essendon, really. Probably the easiest game they have. Um. <laughs> no arguments here. No arguments here. Well, what have we got on the um, the Eagles side, Dom? I'm sure this is going to be a pretty detailed mm. summation of a lot of players. Yeah, so you know me. I've gone through my weekly scout. Actually, if I'm looking for a new oh, set of coach player, it's often... Yeah. 
<laughs> it's often from the West Coast team. Unfortunately, there's no one really to report home from this week. Uh, Luke Shaw, obviously, a really good performance, but you can't touch him with a, with a 10-foot pole considering his soft tissue history. Um, but, you know, that's that's okay because we've already got one of those players with soft tissue. That's Elliot Yo, and he did a really solid performance this week. He was sort of thrown all over the point, uh, or all over the place again through the, the back line and midfield. Um I think one of the highest tackling performances out of anyone on West Coast, which is pretty impressive considering everyone else was sort of just getting run around like they were nothing. He looks really good, man. He looks like he's back to his explosive self and you sort of see it, saw a couple of chase down tackles as well, um, which was just sort of bodes you know, more confidence that I have that he's actually going to be back and, and probably last me out for the rest of the year, touch wood X, but he looked really good in, in a low-scoring affair and in terms of the West Coast no one really scored over a ton apart from Shuey. So. God, it, it drops away so quickly. It like the top, does, the it? top four for West Coast, you're like, oh, okay, not too bad. And then from Petrocelli down, it goes to 66 and then below. So four players scored above 80. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's it's not pretty to look at, is it, by any means? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the only West Coast player that I have at the moment. Actually, no, wait, no, I'm not. I'm not happy at all. I've made a, I've made a silly move, actually, and this is my... My forum to, um, I guess, get out the, the pros and the cons um, of what of what sort of happened. I've traded in Marrick um, as well, actually. You put up 16. Obviously, tough performance when you're getting slaughtered like this, so you're not going to put up any points. But now with me trading Marrick in, I can't loophole my forward line um, with that five like I wanted to. So, <laughs> made a bit of a blunder there, actually. Hindsight, I should have just not gone Marrick um, and saved myself that 16 points to be able to loophole this week. So a bit of a dumb, nothing mistake there. Just wanted to point that one out. Well, you never know because like, <laughs> you'd think the axe is going to swing at some point and he could find himself out of that team. But you probably do think they persist. I mean, how is any forward going to play well against uh, 100 He still has signs. Yeah, he has signs of like doing some really good stuff. And there's probably more people that I'd be wanting to chop before him. So... Oh. Yeah, I think he's gonna unfortunately just get that uh, that spot just because there's no one else to really take it from him. Uh, but I think that's all from this game, X. I don't think there's anyone else let's, you want to touch. Let's on. jump to Optus, mate. Uh, uh, let's get Ooh. this one done quick, if possible. No, this is a great game. This is arguably a match of the uh, the round, mate. It definitely was a match of the round. Um, I didn't really enjoy watching this game at all. It was uh, actually outside of the first, maybe five to ten minutes where Essendon looked like they turned up, um, it was very quickly downhill. Uh, but in saying that, what I, what I will say is I was pretty happy with the Supercoach scoring overall. I had a lot of picks in this game that did quite well. Um, there would have been people who had better picks in this game that done really well as well, wouldn't they? Yeah, like, I mean, you're not a Luke, Luke Ryan, Ryan would have, like You're not a Jordan Ridley owner. You're not a Martin owner. Martin, man, Martin's sneaky good, bro. He's he's just, he's just straight out good. I mean, if he isn't all Australian this year, like it's actually a joke because he's like the best or one of the two best wingmen in the comp. Would you ever thought he'd be priced at five seventy k this year? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever think that he's a genuine premium option. Like his his last four dom one twenty one twenty nine one thirty nine one twenty four. Like what the hell is going on? Yeah, no, that is wild to me. And then. Yeah, there is. So you guys have a pretty easy fixture. Um, all things considered, obviously playing West Coast. But he's, the thing is with still. him, he's playing well even against yeah. the good teams, and that's why yeah. he's like he's a good pick. Uh, I mean, to be fair, two of his high scores were against West Coast and North and Carlton. So like, and Frio. I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's completely fair to say. Hey, he got one hundred and twenty-seven against Geelong. Yeah, when Geelong were going horribly. Yeah, well, you got to take advantage, don't you? Um, but look, I, I, <laughs> I think, um, I think Nick Martin's look. He's probably not on a lot of. He's similar to um, Luke Parker in the sense that it's very hard to get these guys who were so like mid priced and have just become, you know, run of the mill premium prices now. So he's a, he's a yeah. hard one to touch. We might as well stay on the Essendon side. Um, you brought up Ridley before. He's, is he back? He's really back. That's what I want to ask. I mean, yeah. he's burnt me last year, so I'm just off him. But again, he's he's pushing. I know a lot of people had him this year as well, early on, sort of traded him out. Yeah, because he was going shocking. Um, but he like he's turned the tide a little bit. Jeez, the last five weeks have been all over the ton. 
Mate, his last, his last five have been very, very good, hey. But then you look at you look prior to that. I mean, obviously Port Adelaide's an outlier because he got knocked out by Rioli. But he, like he actually hasn't been that inconsistent. His scores aren't that yeah, bad. Yeah, they haven't been that bad. That bad. They're not great. But then when you have like six weeks of sub hundred, it's not great. It's it's like as I was sort of saying, I remember early in the year, one thing that was hampering Ridley is like Laverty and stuff being out kills him. So like when Laverty's playing in the team, when Kelly's playing in the team, these guys who are just man-on defenders. That is what helps Ridley because he gets that floating intercept role. When they're out, Ridley has to play more man-on and he doesn't get the points that he gets otherwise. So he's um, he's very much dictated by who's available for selection and we're sort of starting to see that now. But if you had mm. Ridley, um, you know, in the last sort of month, you'd be very happy with how things are going. Zach Merritt, he was fantastic this game. Uh, one thing I've liked about Merritt um, in recent times, Dom, is he's found different ways to score. He hasn't necessarily had to get a tonne of possessions um, to get up near that sort of 120 mark. Like, I mean, this game he still almost had 30 touches, but he was playing forward for last for large portions and, and just did a really good job as a hit-up. So I was really impressed with his game too. Yeah, 93% efficiency is nothing to uh, sneeze at. At 15 kicks as well, X, so that's, that's pretty impressive from him. And obviously maximum points from disposals there helps. Um, in terms of Essendon, I guess Redmond had a bit of a down week and sort of just sort of when Essendon lose, they're not really gonna, he's not really going to score well, is he? Yeah, I sort of said to you, I don't love the Redmond or Ridley picks. And this is why, because like eventually... Uh, they, they they won't play well together most weeks and and one will be better like one will be significantly better than the other so mm. I just like I don't even I still don't even know which one of the two I'd want uh, obviously Ridley's been going better of recent times but they're, there's much of muchness to me I just think they're sort of in line to be you know in the top sort of fifteen defenders and that's about it they're not they're not going to be close to the top eight I wouldn't have thought so I think just sort of steer clear if you can. Yeah, no, I'd suggest the Bombers next time steer clear of this man. Um, we're kicking it down his throat, which is Luke Ryan X, 143-18 marks. What a performance from him. Obviously, we both sort of steer clear of him, mostly in defence, because we don't really see too many spike scores out of him. We don't really have the faith that he will be a top six, but he's sort of proven us wrong slowly but surely this year. I had, where, do you, where are you sitting? Does this change your mind? Well, I had, it, to have a, I had, a, had a quick um, look at the game afterwards. Yeah, he's a good price point. I saw, the, yeah. I saw the 18 marks and I thought surely he was wearing an Essendon jumper because we, as you say, decided to kick it to him more often than not. I think what we sort of said is when Frio play well, Luke Ryan typically doesn't play well. And I think that's still the case. I think it's mainly because he just had this perfect game where the opposition were just kicking it to him every time. A smarter so we're, team we're gonna isn't going to do that. Draw it to a bit of an anomaly. Is that what you're going to say? Like we're just going to be like this. This is going to be a bit of a one-off. Yeah, not too consistent. I, I think it, look, it's it's the it's the outlier in our recent sample size, isn't it? Really, Ooh, like you look. That is a good. That's a good phrase. Uh, you, you look at the last six weeks, Dom. He's turned up once, which was a one hundred and two, and the the rest were all sort of sub tons. So, mm. I think it's just one of those things. People will chase his points as they always do. Um, and they'll bring him in. And look, don't expect this every week. I think he's he's going to be he's going to be very close to a top six defender. I'll admit that. Um, so there's worse picks than Luke Ryan, but again, he's got a shocking price point now. So do you, like, is he really someone you want to bring? He's just sitting in the run of the mill. If he, if he averages 110 from here, I'd be amazed, and that's what he's been averaging in the last three rounds, and that's largely thankfully to this score. Hmm. So, um, yeah, no, not for me, fair. not for me, Dom, but um, maybe for some people out there. Um, there's a couple of other noble names in this. Obviously, Jackson was a monster. He's not in the equation, I don't think, super coach wise. There's too many better options in that ruck area. Brayshaw was area. really area. Oh, well, sorry, I can't speak. Area, um, mate. Don't worry, I got you. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. It looks like I'm coming down with a flu as well. It's taking me and my vocal cords. Um, Eddie Brayshaw, a lot of, like I've had him from the start, but a lot of people have thought about bringing him in and he's been really good over the last month. Um, and he's his fellow, uh, I think Batman and Robin, I don't know who's Batman and who's mate, Robin sometimes between these two, but Caleb wrong. he was good. He's having absolute kicking issues though at the moment. Like he came in at 59% efficiency. Um, if, if some Freo players could mark the ball that gets kicked to them from this young man, like he would be scoring 120 every or, week. Or like just, just 50-50, just stop letting the opposition oh, just, mark it. Yeah, every time it was just like, 
without a fail every time he kick it, someone else would mark it, which is annoying as hell. But he's gone down from like I think I bought him at like six hundred and ten k, and now he's at five fifty eight. So classic, um, you know, bad investment there money wise. But I think yeah, still a rock solid player and happy that I got him in just because he's been super consistent um, throughout the season. I think he will get back to that that hundred and ten average um, for sure. XE and then your man. Johnson, another really solid performance of 99. You'd be happy that he sort of bounced back um, given that he was probably one more poor performance from potentially being dropped. Um, who knows? But they do rate him, but he obviously bounced back. You'd be happy with that? Um, a, a nice exiting performance for Matty Johnson. Um, he's absolutely traded out of my team this week. Um, but mm. I was really impressed. So what's, his, what's his break even that you've traded him out? So he scored a ton and you've still traded him out. Well, he's, he's he put up 34 last week. So, um, you know, he's still got that in the cycle. It's it's more so... I just, like, 47. I just need him to go, to be honest. I just can't afford to keep him. I need to upgrade and, um, and he's the man to go. He did... One other thing of note is he did limp off with sort of four minutes to go in the game. Um, I don't know if there's more to that. It hasn't sort of been released yet, but um, I sort of saw him um, hobble off and thought, oh, well, he's, he's gone anyway, so that's a great result. Um, <laughs> Nat Fife, Dom, you're an owner of the big Nat. Um, mm. He obviously had a... He, he had a so-so game, didn't he? He was reasonably um, yep. impressive without lighting the world on fire. No, well, the fact that he's just alive through the game and is ready to go into next week, actually, I'm not going to be complaining. And I don't expect a ton out of him every week. He's not that player anymore. Um, but you can definitely see him having some spike games and getting 110. So he's just sitting on my bench and I will be loopholing him when I can. Um, so we'll see what happens there, XE. But... Yeah, I've actually stuffed up my loophole so bad because getting Marrick in without like a midfield forward like loop just means five stuck in the mid in the midfield. I can't get into the forwards. <laughs> oh, unless like a Zach, unless a Zach Butters or like one of those mids get injured, then I can cover. That's about the only use that it is, um, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I think he's still going to be a solid pick. You probably didn't want to trade him in um, this week if you did uh, last week, you know, um, just because he's not quite as good as you think he's going to be. But he'll be a, a decent coverage pick. Yeah, well, I think for the people who traded Fife in for the right reasons, and they were the reasons that we spoke about in terms of potentially getting him as a loopholing sort of M9 option or F7 option, I think you're still like you're reasonably happy with how things are gone. You're obviously not stoked, but like it is just what it is. His role's not looking incredible. He's just such a good player that when he does get midfield minutes, he makes them count. Um, anyone else in this game, Dom, that you wanted to touch on before we move to the game of the round? No, let's move on to the, the second best game of the round, XE. Uh. This, this one took the chalkies. Jeez, it was good to watch. No, it was, um, it was good. I mean, it's, I hate to say this because it, it, it really hurts me, but Collingwood is such an entertaining side to watch play football. You know, you know, it's funny. I like what like I like watching Collingwood play, but I also like really like watching Adelaide play as well. Like, it's so weird. Like, I don't I have no affiliation or anything for either of the sides, but they're probably like two of the most entertaining sides to watch playing footy at the moment, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. It was, and this this was no exception. I think from start to finish, it looked like Collingwood were going to have it on a platter and kind of do with Adelaide what they please. But the Crows, they showed they had some heart and they really fought back in this one. And I think that's the side we should start on. Jordy Dawson, um, Dom, he was actually sitting behind sort of Rory Laird in terms of scoring for a little while in the early days of this match. But he got on a heater and he got going something fierce. Um, he managed to get the pig icon next to him and 149 points. Wow. Huge. Yeah. He was a huge catalyst for that uh, third quarter comeback um, that they sort of stated seven goal to nothing quarter. It was sort of weird in terms of scoring-wise. We, we saw like most of the Collingwood players dominate the scoring in, in the first half and then that sort of completely flipped the script in, in the second half. Regardless of the close result, Collingwood's way, Adelaide scored much more significantly better in supercoach-wise. And, you know, can't be mad with, with Laird's score either. He was, I think he was on like, yeah... 59 points in the last quarter, actually, and I'm sitting there with my captaincy like, oh, might have made a bit of a blue here into an eight-point uh, eight point decision to the right way, uh, which was good to see. Another point that I wanted to discuss with you, actually, this is probably something you know, more to the, to the fact that I, I feel like it's an I told you so moment, um, but it's also like I didn't put my money on my mouth is either and get the fella, but Ben Keys, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm you, definitely not surprised you didn't end up bringing him in because you always make these sales to me, don't oh, you? Oh, hang on, hang on. <laughs> and, and then you don't deliver. But look, 
I um, look again. I'm not too big to admit I'm wrong, and I think on Ben Keys, his last sort of three weeks have really shown that he is still a very good scorer. And I was really concerned coming into this one because we all, I think, it's pretty well documented how good a job he did on Nick Dacos last time the Crows played Collingwood. And the interesting thing for this one is Fly actually kept Day, um, Nick Dacos on the bench for the first seven minutes of the game, and I think part of that was to make sure that you know Keys had to sort of like find his way in this game without following Nick Dacos around. So that was really interesting coaching move. But, man, he, he's been fantastic, hasn't he? 119 points. Anyone who brought him in when he was sort of at that really, really cheap price point of – what what was it, Dom? Like 350-ish? Was that kind of where he was sitting? Yeah, I think it was like 360 um, in terms of price point. Like, yeah, he's at a much better price. He's at a much higher price now, X, but you've got to see a bit, bit of track record in this role. And I'd say that's probably more more valuable than ever. He is still like, what, 85K down on the starting yeah, price, like, yeah, price he's, point. Yeah, he's so, significantly like, cheaper. You know I mean? he's, he's 462 at the moment, Dom. It's 462. Yeah. The, the cheapest he got, actually, was 338. Wow. But... That, that's picking him up after putting a thirty-seven. Um. Yeah, which which which, <laughs> so. which no one's going to do. I think like, this is this is probably the thing for me when it comes to Ben Keys, and this was the same argument that I had at the time. It doesn't make sense for people who have Dawson and Laird. I just think having th- like three Adelaide mids is too many. No, it's like it's like the dogs, mate. The more dogs, the better. The dogs just half your side should just be Adelaide of the dogs. Just fill yeah, fill your side up with Adelaide and. I'm actually like, I'm sitting there actually, obviously I'll need to get a forward in as well and I prefer to get someone that sort of fits in that that price point of 490k. Should I get Darcy Cameron or should I get Keys? <laughs> I mean, I think look, like, the Keys is actually, question. it's, it's actually, no, it's actually not a stupid idea. I think where Cameron sits ahead of him is probably the ruck cover side because I know you have Madden at R3, which means you can loop the ruck aspect and I'm, I'd be more worried about having but a... the thing is... I, I can't really do it as well as you think I can because I'm still just stuck with a donut. I can't move anyone onto the field unless Marrick starts playing. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where you've sort of done quite poorly, haven't you? Um, <laughs> but look, I, I think Dom, I'm warming to Keys. He's he, he's I'm, giving me no reasons not to pick him. I'm actually thinking I might get him in, mate. I, I don't hate it, Dom. I don't hate it. Um, in terms of the Adelaide Crows, it probably wasn't a lot of other talking points. Um you know, Tex was up there again, but you're just not going to get him. It's just a silly decision. Outside of that, there was really no key talking points, I don't think, unless there was anyone you wanted to walk through. Uh, Warrell played yeah, pretty average, and I don't think anyone's really got him either, but I think that's probably the, the main talking points. Um, for that game, actually, it was unreal one to, to watch. Obviously, the Collingwood players t- to go through as well. We, we saw Dacos... Um, score extremely well again, actually. And I was thinking about chucking the, the captaincy on him as well. You probably couldn't really stuff that up this game because you're going to need to go Laird, Dawson, or Dacos, and you've probably nailed it with any of them. You, you really, I mean, I was worried about this game because I was like, oh, I know one or two will go well, but I don't think three will. Um, well, I was wrong. All three did really well, and you're right. You you ended up with the lowest score of the three. You'd be happy with any of them though. Um, and and look, Dacos was big in clutch time. He looked. He was on like 113 halfway through the fourth, and and then really got some some key touches uh, near the finish. Which we all know, if the game's tight and you start doing things late, you're going to get bulk points for it. Um, so yeah, he was. At his usual level of impressiveness, really. Um, Cameron was another... Geez, he looked like he was going big for a little while there, but kind of just simmered in that fourth quarter and didn't really do much when the game was on the line. But 107 at his price point is still very, very good. Um, outside of that, Dom, there's... Like, I know Titch has come up a lot in conversation lately. He only managed the 85, largely due to his sort of poor disposal efficiency. Um, and then I think one of the other touching points was Harvey Harrison... Uh, I know he's been in sort of contention for a rookie to bring in. 52, Dom, does he hold his spot? It's tough, isn't it? Like, I think Bo McCreary was tough to even get the sub, to be honest. Um, I think I'd be sort of figuring my team out to get him in there and, and get rid of um, Harvey Harrison. He actually looked really solid in what he did, though, to be fair. He looks like a really solid young contributor. So I think they sort of run with him a little bit longer than you might typically think. Who, who else do you think is going to come back in to take that spot, X? Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm struggling to fight. Like, Bo McCreary is the likely option that just comes back in and takes, and then Harvey either goes to sub or doesn't play at all. Um, Ginevan's a chance to play a similar when sort is, of position. Um, Dugowie, when does he come back? Uh, what, did, what did he get? Three Was it three weeks? 
It was three weeks, wasn't it? And he's been out for... I think he's got one more to serve and then he's back. One more. Yeah, I think when he comes back, that's a likely, obviously, exit from him there. Ash Johnson seems a little bit out of favour as well with the Collingwood. They sort of keep subbing him out, um, which I don't think he loves. I think it's just because he's a low possession getter. So, like, by the time, the, you know, the fourth rolls around, it's just like, oh, well, let's sort of get him out. Because unless he's kicking goals, he's not doing that much for you, so... Yeah, we have someone who's a pretty high ceiling type operator, actually. He obviously had his first game back since um, horribly breaking his arm. Jeremy Howe, is, is he a pod? that we, We've discussed a lot of pods this game. They're all been defensive pods. But Jeremy Howe, would you would you look at him? You can tell how thin we've been in the defensive stocks that everyone's come up. But so, mm. some options down there are genuinely quite good. Um, Howe's proven that he can play really, really well. I just I need to see more. I think I'm just not convinced yet that he can he can be a big scorer in this team. As you sort of said, there's there's more variables than just defense here. Like, how does it look when Jordan Ngoi comes back? How does the points get spread when that happens? Um, you know, what position is he going to play in the long term? Uh, obviously, there's going to be games where Dar- um, Darcy Moore is you know the intercept marker and and how has to play man on a little bit more. I'm just yeah, I, I think he's a great player. I think watch him, um, but you just sort of can't touch him yet. I don't think until. Oh, you see a little bit more. At some point, you've got to make a pick, don't you, mate? You got to, can you have an opinion? Is it possible? Uh, I'm very, very much happy on the fence here. Um, I don't think people want to listen to someone okay, who's well, going to look, sit on the fence. Yes or no? It's an absolute no from me, mate. I'm not touching him at a 463 price point. No, listen to me here, mate. I'm going Mills over this guy absolutely every day of the week. I'll go, how, I'll hang go. on. How have you sat, gone from sitting on the fence to an absolute no? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm starting to lose a little bit of trust Well, listen, listen, dog. I'm going to go Salem ahead of him. I'm going to go Mills ahead of him. I'm going to go Yahweh ahead of him. So, look, let's go with a no. Okay, okay. Well, that's I appreciate that. That's what, that's what I wanted to hear, Exy. And, and on that note, is there anyone else do we want to touch on in this, in this Collingwood let's, Adelaide matchup? Let's head to the Gold Coast Hawthorne game, Dom, which uh, was not particularly exciting. Um, no, it wasn't particularly exciting. Unless you, you were a Will Day owner, then uh, you're having a pretty good time. Eh? 141 from the big fella. Yeah, mate, you would have had a fabulous day. Yeah, he finally produced, didn't he? Like, obviously, that price point, he sort of, like, you know, knocked down the door a little bit earlier in the season to, to be a premium. Um, and then he had a bit of a, a dry spell and caught some attention. Uh, he played a weird role, and I don't know how to explain it, but he was, what, like the, the last line of defense um, for a fair portion of his game. And it was just getting easy possessions out the back, taking kick-ins, and that sort of stuff, actually. And, and you know how I feel about kick-ins. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Day in your squad. Uh, come next week. So, but look, I I agree. It was Day is a strange player. I think he's like Mister Solvet for for Hawthorne. Like they they just need someone who's talented, can use the footy, and they just swing him wherever he's required. But he was fantastic in a side that got dominated. Really, yeah, like yeah, literally they got dominated. He had two kick ins. He was in the midfield. He was, he was all over the place and looked exactly the player that you want. Obviously. He's at an interesting price point, though, 478. Would you consider getting him in now? Or have you just sort uh, no, of missed the boat? I, I, well, I don't like the boat was ages ago. I think for quite a while he's given you reasons Yeah, but the boat's to... been bad. But now now you can jump on the boat when the boat the boat's good. Yeah, I mean, I just don't have any spots for him, no. to be honest. But I, I think, like, in saying that, you you go back a little while and you've got a guy who had, like, a five-round average of 80 and and just because he's had back to back tons doesn't mean he's necessarily back. Um, I I just think there's better options elsewhere. Particularly his price point's not like if he was at three fifty or something like that, um, like he was back in <laughs> the day. Three fifty scoring a one forty one. Then yeah, but mate, that's that's it. an outlier. He hasn't done that before this year. So what he's saying? Yeah, he scored a, he scored a one thirty nine. Yeah, two games out of the year. It's just not enough. It's just not enough. <laughs> How many do we need? Oh, we we need well, we need more conce- I'm not I'm not necessarily worried. I think he's got a very good ceiling for a defender. He's probably got one of the mm. better ceilings for a defender. I need consistency though. Like you you've you've reeled off um, two scores there, Dom. He's only had another two tons in the whole year. Yeah, but you want big tons when you get tons, don't you? Like little tons, they're, they're, they're okay, they're okay. But the big tons, they're, they're the difference makers. Well, I think he's going to give you more 80s than he will big tons. So, uh, look, I'm, I'm, so, I think Will Day's a no as well. I think look elsewhere, you'll find okay. you'll, be, you'll find much better value. Okay, we'll look at elsewhere, all right. Um, and then obviously some other scoring, we'll probably just continue on with Hawthorne um, in terms of seeker relevancy is Seamus. Um, Seamus scored... 98x and sort of looked really solid again. He's been rock solid apart from that one game that he had. Um, I can't 
wrap our brains who that was against. We had a bit of a down game. Probably had, well, it's had two down games against West Coast, uh, Western Bulldogs, sorry, and Frio yeah, earlier on. Sort of back-to-back back where he slowed down a bit. But if, yeah, if you, the last five games, he's just sort of shown that solid improvement. If you held faith, you've been rewarded. Sort of, yeah, exactly right. And I think, obviously, I'm lucky enough that I still hold him. I think he still has another, I don't know, 40K to make, which is huge in terms of me deciding who I can upgrade to um, uh, with my final spot um, and what I do there as well. So... If you see one there, if you have him, obviously it's a hold, um, and I think he's he's showing some really solid signs of growth. Um, we saw Warple go okay, but he's probably out of most sides now. And I guess Weddle he's finally come down to earth a little bit, down to fifty-one. So obviously time to go for most sides. Yeah, he's he's well. been. He look uh, as someone who didn't get him, and, and I don't think you got him either, Dom. He's been. Like, no. There's no way we saw Weddle, who I believe started at one seventy k, go to. 345. I didn't see that happening any day of the week. So he's been ultra impressive. You'd be absolutely stoked. And he's kind of maxed out at a good time, hasn't he? Just to, you know, downgrade someone and, and take full value of his um, of his price range. So, geez. Yes, he put up a bad one um, during the buys, but I think he's rewarded you more than enough already. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. Um, and then across to the, the Suns, mate, we had Braden Fiorini, um, Put together a pretty unreal performance. Who was that, mate? Um, Never heard of that name before. <laughs> it was it was probably in discussions. There. I think it was last year potentially the bit of a mid price um, player, and he still sort of is at that mid price, isn't he? Um, with I think what's he at three sixty four actually. Um, gee, he 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 looked really good this game, but probably wouldn't buy into it too much considering Took's probably going to come back next week. Isn't he, he is, and he'll, just gonna change he'll lose the, his role completely. completely. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, David's follow, I think, just copped a bit of a bad corky, and I don't think anything too serious there. So that's interesting to see. Um, anyone else? I guess Rao, you're probably a bit disappointed on him, and even Anderson, you're probably not. No, it's, it's a pass, Mark, 102. I mean, um, th- those those like um, Anderson and Rao, I think you remember that, that game that the Suns dominated and um, Noah Anderson put up like a 180. I think, mm. geez, you'd be disappointed if you jumped on, you know, him or Rao. They've really sort of come back down to earth. And then you, you bring into the equation that Took's back and you start thinking, oh, no, <laughs> what have I done to myself here? It looks like I compare it to the Walsh situation, Don, where you, you end up buying them at their higher price and you just watch them bottom out and you just think, oh, what have I done? I could have spent that money so so much better. Um, but it is what it is. Sometimes you jump on these premiums that um, that show you what you want to see, and and they come back down to their true form, and and it kills you when it happens. Tell you what, Mac Andrews, you look pretty good this game too. To be honest, he he's one who you thought might not be cracking the side too much actually, but he might be a mainstay there for the remainder of the season. And he's sort of really locking that role down, and he's a a pretty good use of the footy for the, for a big fella. I think um I think like we always talk about the people Stewie do don't like. Um, Mac's one of the people he does like, and and seven marks this game. He's pretty good in the air, and um and yeah, I think you're right. I think he's going to be a mainstay of this side for you know obviously this season and obviously next you know years to come. He's going to be really, really good. Yeah. Um, another, another guy, Dom, that uh, I'm going to be a little bit sad not to say his name from for, for weeks going forward, but the Humper, Bailey Humphrey. Can I, can I just mention, like, when did we, when, did we, when was the inception of, of that nickname? The Humper? Um, I believe when we uh, told everyone to trade him in back in the day. Because I feel like from that point, it's just been a bit of a down, downward trajectory. Um, you sort of mozzed him with the Humper. He had, didn't he have like a 90 in there after the humper came out? No, he was all right. But like, mate, the last two weeks, you want to know why he's going bad X? Because his role is horrible. He's playing as like a small forward and that's just not him. You can see so much more potential in the way he attacks the footy and understands footy and how he's probably played most of his junior footy in that midfield. He's had 7% CBAs last week into 0% this week. Stewie Jew, worst coach in the AFL, Dom. Tell me I'm wrong. It just confuses me. Like, so much. Like, they're playing Sam Flanders. Like, yeah, Flanders had a really good game, looked solid. But are you not going to just sort of blood your youth like um, Bailey Humphrey, especially when he hasn't done you wrong in there yeah, well, at all? That's so. what I mean. If, if you're getting the runs on the board at the AFL level, like, why does one week someone coming up from the VFL just get his role? Like, it just, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and then it's all just going to change around again next week with... Um, Miller coming back or, or the week after Miller coming back whenever that happens it, it's just going to get it doesn't look good for again. it doesn't look hard good to, it's hard for them to really set their side I reckon when they sort of just jump jump around roles you know all the time and it gets really hard there um, and so I guess if, you, if you're a Bailey Humphrey owner like many people probably are I think X he's probably on the chopping block this week his break even is huge um, 
And I think he's going to get rid of him before he's going to leak any money because I don't think he's going to actually get back to that scoring potential that we need, um, that you do need from him anyway, uh, for him to be useful. He's already lost money this week too, so definitely time to yeah. get off uh, Bailey Humphrey. He's been very good. Um, anyone who makes over 200K, we're obviously very satisfied with. Um, thank him and say your goodbyes, much like Rory Atkins. Um, you and I both got rid of him after we saw he was going to be the sub in this game. and. The return of Weller, Dom, your prophecy was correct. As soon as Weller came back, Atkins was removed from the side, even after playing what I thought was a pretty reasonable game last week. Bit of a shame to say goodbye to the Rat in this fashion, wasn't it? He played pretty good when he got subbed on too. Like He actually is taking a few kicks on um, as well through the middle and looked really solid. Yeah, But yeah, it is, it is a shame to see them death by sub, Exy, and I probably forgot to mention that was in the... The Frio game as well with Sturt, death by sub. I feel like we need a new rule around this sub business. If you like, you know, have less than a quarter of game time, um, you should, I don't know, almost count it as like a, a non game. You, 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 yeah. you get 4x whatever that score is. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> 4x. <laughs> but, yeah, okay. I like that. I like that. <laughs> but you should get some there, should be, there needs to be something because it gets to a point where you're like hang on I can't even fit this player too much because he's going to be a sub risk like you know what I mean like it does it does make it really hard super coach wise picking some players and you see a few players just get absolutely destroyed by it, cash generation wise as well which is just completely unpredictable and not within the nature of super coach I don't think XE, which is a bit frustrating to, to sort of watch oh, it's, a, it's a rookie killer isn't it and it, and it... I guess it keeps us coming back because there's weeks where you get um, you, you avoid the damage and there's weeks where you walk straight headfirst into the carnage. And unfortunately, the buy rounds, I don't think, have been super kind to everyone out there, particularly when it comes to the rookies. Um, so, yeah, pr- pretty pretty crazy, I think, Dom, um, on that one. And, and just, yeah, it, I'm not that upset about losing some of these rooks, though, and saying that, like, um, seeing Humphrey get Tell off my what. field, Atkins off my field, it's great. Yeah, I tell you what, I'm not keen to just have my full side on the on the ground this week because it was so frustrating last week just seeing half my team on the bench or half of them with blue dots um, as well. So I'm just keen to have a full side and, and see what they can produce this week because I'm not going to be projected, mate, and it's getting me excited. Um, but I already know that's going to disappoint me. So we'll see what happens. Couldn't agree more. I think it will be really good. And obviously, Dom, we've got some homework um, to do before Thursday. One of those is coming up with the next challenge. Obviously. Uh, we've been sort of pushed back a week uh, with your illness, um, so we'll have to. Thank God, I probably would have lost again on the weekend mm-hmm. uh, with the way the captains went. So it might have been a, a good grace, I think, that we. Um, I, I did almost die with the flu. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna be filthy. I think if I lose this next round, given uh, how. Well, you know, what do you mean filthy? I've this is I've already lost two. You haven't lost one. What, what um, time I'm meant to lose? The whole point is picking picking good ca- the picking good captains for the listeners out there, mate. That's the whole point of what we're here for. It is it is the whole point, um, and also just good trade targets um, like Ben Keys and all that sort of stuff as well. So we're we're, pre- we're pretty much <laughs> we're pretty much immaculate when it comes to dishing out advice. We're just not so good at taking it. I think if if, if we just mm. look at it from that lens, we, you know, we're really good. The captaincies, I think, we've been quite good lately, so I'll give us a pat on the back Yeah, for as that soon one. as I started putting the... Uh, as soon as there was a wage on it, you, you saw the um, average points increase significantly, actually, so I think that was a strong contributor to that. And I think, yeah, we've, we've done ourselves justice in that aspect as well. In terms of this potty, mate, I think that's covering everything to date and obviously a good wrap of the round that just went um we need to do some homework for, for thursday's one mate anything to add before we sign off yeah just before we go if there's any of you out there that are really struggling to figure out what path is the right one for this week's trade options feel free to shoot us a message on our instagram page that is supercoach underscore spotlight you'll find us there you'll find weekly captaincy choices and i believe you'll find an ice bucket over doma's head uh come later this week which will be entertaining for us all out there but Dom, Thanks again for your time and um, we'll catch everyone again Thursday evening slash Friday.